just like lunch in a picnic basket, you can take your learning on the go. It's time for the Podcast PD Picnic. Hmm, what's in here today? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the latest episode of the Podcast PD Picnic. I'm excited uh, this week to be joined by Alyssa Allman. Uh, Alyssa, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what it is that you do. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Josh. Um, We were just talking about the fact that um, I've never been a guest on a podcast before, so this is really exciting. Um, But I work for Strive TV out of Henderson, Nebraska. Um, I am their social media and website manager. So I kind of do a couple of things. One of my main responsibilities is I design websites for schools, and then we just started taking on clients, I guess you could say. And then my job is to work with them on creating a brand, sharing their story, um, and really kind of just getting the word out that they're on social media and helping them stay consistent as far as graphics go, uh, voice goes, um, just so that we're sharing a lot of the similar things on the same account. Well, and you said that you this is your first time being a guest, but you do have, you host your own podcast. Yeah, yep. I have a podcast with my coworker, Sarah Bruni. It's called The Creator's Life. Um, and we just focus on talking mostly to young adults and especially students, if we can, um, on their creative journey. And a lot of them have started side gigs at like 16, 17, and 18. And some of the older ones have been doing side gigs since they were 16, 17, and 18. So we just like to kind of pick their brains and see how they do what they do. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes for this one, too. So why is getting the word out you know, for schools or for the kids that you interview, why is that so important today? I think there's a lot of noise, I guess you could say, around. Like, there's just so much going on. And if you're not in that conversation and if you're not sharing those kinds of stories, then nobody's going to hear it. Um, we talk a lot. We talked a lot about, um, like, how it used to be the report card on the fridge in a Anita presentation Sarah and I did, that it used to be enough to just, like, put A-pluses on bulletin boards and let mom and dad know you had a good grade by putting it on the refrigerator. Um, But now there's just such an opportunity for you to spotlight more of your students and more of your community, and that just gets a good face out there for your school or for your brand or for whatever you're promoting. But the more transparent you can be and the more open you can be, the more credibility you get as an organization. And that's just really important in the age of documenting and showcasing and just getting people to see that there is like good in the world and you're part of that. Well, and I think it also is an opportunity to show how you got that A+. Yeah. You know, it's not just what's written there. It's, right. This is exactly how you got to that point, or like in my case, how you didn't get to that point <laughs> uh, on, the, on the refrigerator. So that's a great point. Um, so it's important to get the word out, but it's also important to get away. So right. as you're creating, you know, we've... I have this really big struggle with the amount of social media and we're actually um, our staff some of our staff is reading the book it's complicated by Dana Boyd which talks a lot about social media addiction Mm -hmm. among teens and so Mm -hmm. how do you handle that with struggling well in my case it's a struggle to get away from work uh, when that's really what your job is is to be on social media it's so funny you ask that because the strive crew had pizza yesterday we spent two hours discussing this i'm not even kidding (laughs) um yeah that is a really good question first of all i think the important thing is to realize it can become a problem i think a lot of people want to be naive and say 
being on our phones and being on screens 24-7 isn't a bad thing. Right. Um, and if I can say that, like, <laughs> I think it's, I think I have some credibility there. Yeah. Um, but some, a couple things I do. So for my phone, I keep my um, screen time on so I can check and see how much time I'm spending on the app. Um, but I just try to set healthy boundaries. Like after five, I don't log into the school. I don't log into school, social media. I don't log into like our uh, work group chat. I won't check my email, um, things like that. And then I try to like separate. So I work from home. Um, so I make sure like all my work stuff stays in an office. Mm-hmm. And then that way after five or whatever time my day is done, I can just be like, okay, let's put away. Um, and then I don't have to think about it as much. And just like being aware that social media can be a good thing until it's not, it gets a really bad rep sometimes. Right. Um, and it doesn't need to because it's not going anywhere. So until we figure out as individuals how we can set boundaries and stick to them, that's when we're gonna see those negative effects. But if you can figure those out, um, it can really be pretty helpful. Yeah. I've really, so I have four kids and you know, like last night we had baseball and softball games mm-hmm. going on. And, and while I wasn't at the game, you know, I sometimes feel it's my responsibility to share, mm-hmm. you know, what is happening with the reporters. I've really just showed my kids, like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, that I'm, I'm not, like, checking out of what's happening here. And I, you know, put my phone down, upside down, so yeah. you can't see the notifications. But, you know, because my kids want me to be a dad. Right. They don't really care that I do social media right. for a school district. So, but engaging them and saying, this is this is what I'm doing. And then, like you said, just putting it away and and having it be in a spot that it's not so obvious. Which is, I mean, I I probably sound like a broken record. And a lot of the times, like when I listen to these podcasts, I'm like, man, I wish somebody would say something new and it would be the epiphany. But it's really not. Like it's simply just being able to put it away and being able to say like, okay, I'm done for the day. Let me just be a person and do things that I need to do as a human. Like talk to other people and read a book or even just watch a movie. Like just do something that's not sharing and not thinking about analytics and all those crazy things. <laughs> so spe- analytics is a great transition. Nice job. Right there. <laughs> what? So if we're talking about creating and, and being able to share whatever it, our story is, what in your opinion makes a good social media post? What, what is engaging for us to share? Yeah. I've been doing a a little bit more research into this as Strive has taken on these new clients. So this has kind of been something that I'm learning too. Um, It definitely depends on your platform. Um, For for Twitter, I mean, like, I didn't realize how important hashtags were until I was like in this ed tech world where that's like a big way people communicate. So like find your common hashtags, find things you know people are following um, and start with that on Twitter. Something that teachers don't think about a lot of the time is photo size. So Mm -hmm. the photo size you post on Facebook technically should be different than the photo size you post on Twitter. So like when I'm creating graphics or if I have to share a photo, I'll go into my editing software, which is just Pixelmator, but you can do this on like Canva too and Mm -hmm. obviously Photoshop. But like Facebook is always 1080 by 1080 because when you when you put the photo on Facebook, the preview pulls and you can actually see the whole thing. Um, And then on Twitter, on the other hand, that's more of a rectangle shape. And I think that's like 513 by 200 something. Um, But it just makes a difference because a 1080 photo on Twitter is going to give you a much smaller preview. And then you're not going to get the engagement on the photo because people can't see it. So that's when something 
that's kind of I didn't even realize either until I got this job, but it's a big piece of it. I have made that mistake so often. I know and it's I so go hard. On Facebook <laughs> and I see like the middle of my picture and I'm like, that's ugly. <laughs> yeah, and if too a tip I just learned for a Pixelmator at least you can resize the photo just by changing the pixel size. You don't even have yeah. to redo the whole graphics, so that's nice. So one thing that you mentioned, so we're recording this in the middle of June, even though this will probably be end of July when it's out, but um, we just had called World Series practice here mm. in the district yesterday. And so we uh, posted on Instagram you know, that all this was happening. We had, I was looking this morning, 63% of the people who viewed our picture did not follow our account. Really? Mm-hmm. And that's from... What a huge I think, market. <laughs> I know. I'm like, really? <laughs> but we use the hashtag CWS, mm-hmm. hashtag Road to Omaha, mm-hmm. which is two really common ones uh, for that. Uh, we also use the picture. It was of Auburn practicing, mm-hmm. um, but it mentioned the other accounts. But I also used Auburn's War Eagle, which mm-hmm. is the one that they use. And so... I just I was blown away when yeah. I, I saw that this morning. So you're yeah. right. Hashtags are a big deal, yeah. especially when you're capitalizing on an event like we did yesterday. Right. Um, what do you so you, maybe you touched on this a little bit, but what do too many people do wrong when it comes to sharing about themselves or their company? Oh, that's a hard one. There's a lot of things. The picture size, I think, is an interesting yeah. one. That's so true. Yeah, but a lot of the times too, like I think. Oh, I think that. For cases I've worked with, people don't necessarily know, like, how to share, like, what's too much, what's not enough. Even, like, in text length, Mm, um, if you go on, like, Buffer, they have a lot of good resources on, like, what creates engaging, like, words and captions. And a lot of the times, like, shorter is better, simpler is sweeter. And I don't think a lot of people get that because... There's just a lot of studies that like when we're scrolling on our phones, we're not wanting to read, we're just kind of wanting to glance. And so maybe that's not the case on your personal account because you're wanting to share all these details. Um, But try maybe posting a little bit shorter and see if you get more interaction, but especially on accounts where you're trying to like create a brand and tell story because a lot of people are trying to tell their story too. So if you can make your short, concise and to the point, you stand out a lot more. I think when we say tell your story, we don't necessarily mean every single yeah. detail of what's happening you yeah. know, in that picture. Learn an elevator pitch. If you can tell your story. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> if you can tell your story in a ride that it takes to get from the bottom floor of an elevator in a hotel to the top of like right. a very average hotel, not like right. your skyscrapers. <laughs> Think of one in Omaha, yeah. not like Chicago. If you here. can tell a story on an elevator, <laughs> that's about the right length. So for those of us that, uh, people that are interested, but maybe intimidated uh, by starting to share more about their job or classroom, what are some easy entry points? You brought up Canva, mm-hmm. which I think is fabulous yeah. because it does the templates for you. So yeah. you want a Facebook uh, post, it's got the template mm-hmm. there for you. You want a Twitter post, it resizes it for you, it'll mm-hmm. do all that work for you. So what are some uh, some easy entry points for people? Yeah, so one of the things that I made sure to start um, with the new accounts that I was working on is if you're building a brand, make sure you sign up for business accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, this yeah. will make your life a lot easier as far as like tracking how much like actual engagement you're getting. You don't have to sit there and number crunch. Facebook has an incredible analytics page that's actually very easy to read. Yeah. Um, so start at the business page and then don't feel like you have to create all of this original content right off the bat. Like 
we have the saying, we say it's strive called steal like an artist. <laughs> and if somebody writes an article or shares a graphic that you really like, put it on your social media and then give them credit, which creates this tie of engagement that maybe they'll retweet it and share it. We did a post about um, a book I read by Bob Goff on Strive's Twitter account, tagged him in it, and he favorited it. Nice. And so it's just yeah. like, if you don't want to create all this original content, there's tons of stuff out there that you might agree with and are agreeable to your brand, and use that. Mm-hmm. And then you start there, and then from there you can maybe paraphrase it and write it in your own article and then give credit. Right. And then from there, make your own thoughts and write your own article or make your own graphic or do whatever. But I think there's this huge feel like we need to create the most original and the most authentic content all the time, which is great if you can, but don't feel like it's up to you to like, Nike didn't build a brand overnight. Like they told stories over and over and over and over again. And now they're this champion of branding, but it's like, they didn't always create original content. Like at some point they saw ideas from other people and used those to get started. That's a great point. You're you know, creating content is sometimes about sharing other people's stories. Yeah. And those stories sometimes write themselves. Yeah. You know, the uh, example of the baseball teams coming yesterday. Yeah. Like, I didn't create anything new. I took a picture. Mm-hmm. I said, this is what's going on. Yeah. It didn't take a long time, um, but it's just, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities. Maybe it's a kid that does great work in your class or, uh, you know, we celebrate with the school district, uh, kids accomplishments all the time. Yeah. You know, I don't have to write the story. The newspaper does it for me or mm-hmm. parents do it for me. And so I think that's a, that's a great point. Anything else on that? No, I guess the only other thing to, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, uh, Sarah and I utilize what's called a content calendar all the time. And it sounds very like organized, which it kind of is, and it sounds very methodical, but it's just for us to like keep it organized. So if you're a teacher or a tech integration specialist and you're running Strive Club and Class Intercom and all these other things, think about sitting down each month with your students and being like, okay, these are the 16 events going on this month that we'd like to cover. Put them in a calendar, schedule them out, create the graphics and copy ahead of time if you can, and do it that way rather than feeling like you're, every day people are coming to you being like, did you post this, did you post this? Like, just think about it. Just think ahead and you're, you're planning. It'll seem a little less authentic when you're doing it, but if you're using the same voice and you're speaking in present tense, when it goes out, nobody's going to know that on June 1st, you wrote the post to go out on June 15th. So make it easier on yourself is what uh, I'm saying. <laughs> I need to do a better job of that. I am terrible about posting two things at the same time. <laughs> it drives me nuts. And it's like we use Class Intercom and it's all right there. Right. If I would take the time to go look and right. scroll down. It's all right there. So, Alyssa, thank you very much for your time. Yeah, no problem.